0: I'm Bill Finn. You may remember me from other popular podcasts like This American Lice, Daycare Disasters, and The Crafty Brewtown Strangler, the Limited Edition Killer. Take it from me a good podcast is like a
1: fine wine, perfect for binging. It's season three of the Bait and Switch Podcast. (laughs)
2: Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host, as always, Chris Beyer. Tonight is a podcast that's been long overdue. Frequently, I talk about this podcast with my wife and her good friend, Catherine. And one day, they finally said, hey, what the heck? Why haven't we been on the show? And I said, well, I don't know how that's going to go. But we're going to find out tonight. So here they are, Catherine and my wife, Harper, are here with us tonight. I'm hoping this is not a uh, you-killed-independent-Jim moment. That's what I'm, yes, we have to avoid.
0: Jim, uh, divided different. against itself, cannot stand. Cannot stand.
2: <laughs> this is my world. I'm letting you into it. I don't know if that's good. We'll see.
0: Well, thank you again. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Daddy, well, for letting letting us on the show. Lucy! No <laughs> and that's
1: Catherine, uh, Harper's friend. And Harper, let's hear your voice. Thanks for having us. You're welcome, And The first question I got for Harper is, I take your husband away from you for these uh, podcasts. How's that worked out with the relationship?
3: It adds a freshness to our relationship. <laughs> I am deeply indebted to you. Wow, That's I cool. didn't know that. I think everybody should have their own hobbies and things that they do. You should definitely have your own friends. Independent gym keeps things happy and healthy here. You should have separate bank accounts and a couple separate friends. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I, actually, I share Catherine far more than I am comfortable with. I think she's become a household friend, and I don't
0: know, and that I like it. I'm ostensibly Jim's second wife. I mean, let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah.
1: This is our artistic thing. What's yours, Catherine?
0: Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, cap dancing, karaoke. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Like, I I have, I guess, an unofficial podcast with Harper <laughs> because we. <laughs> we just get together and riff on things, and the next day I know like an hour's gone by, and and we both uh, our cheeks hurt from laughing, and that's uh, essentially what what we get out of it. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it usually ends with like, oh, that's
3: the five thousand twenty third thing, like reason yeah. that reason we're best friends.
0: friends
3: mm-hmm. uh, or God, why didn't we invent that? Like, that should be a thing. Do you want to hear
0: okay. about my Halloween costume idea? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. Remember, you're talking to well, us, the hosts. This is Chris, a woman who consistently hear? kills it on Halloween costumes with costumes that not only are like absolutely spectacularly constructed, but are, are of just the right amount of how can I phrase this like you have to have a certain level of intelligence to really like pick up on exactly what she's putting down. Like, I thought you were going to say a
1: <laughs> great type of mental illness but no. No
0: no I mean <laughs> you guys were Jim was there for the Gruffalo costume which that yeah. happened to be the the Halloween that it rained. horribly. Mm, what's a Gruffalo? It's a great little animated uh, short film. Um, was it it's still on Netflix cover?
3: I think it is, but it's a great book by a British author, and it's a little tale about a mouse who's trying to frighten off little woodland creatures that might eat him, and he makes up this creature called the
0: Gruffalo. Theo loved it when he was little, so I made him a Gruffalo costume.
3: I think it's because I'm a teacher,
0: you know? That's what moms do, is they make dreams come true.
1: What's the new idea?
3: The new idea is I want to be Dr. Teeth and Janice (gasps) from the Muppets for Halloween. Oh, Good one. What you and Jim are gonna be Dr. Teeth and Janice? Yeah. Oh. Because so, the kids are getting older now. They're gonna pick stuff that I think is dumb, but I'm gonna have to be like, okay, cool. But yeah, at least cool. I get to pick something that I think is cool. That
0: is cool. Jim that is Dr. Teeth.
2: I guess so. The uh, No, he's
0: gonna be Janice. <laughs> that'll be Janice. Yeah, I'll find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you you design these costumes. What's your other artistic outlet? Of course you do this um of a coaching type web show or something like that right what is that
3: i have a business called curious ground and i do creativity coaching which really just means i help women in particular create alignment between how they perform in the world and who they see themselves as and just find that really their true north and i've always found that creativity is is my way to access what really feels most authentic to me and I I think that women and and women who parent maybe in particular but um, I would I think any woman with a career experiences getting sort of knocked off of her own uh, inner true north and so I use creativity as a tool to to help women feel more aligned
1: and creativity in like an artistic like drawing or what are we talking about
3: yeah, my focus is in the visual arts, but I've also worked with a woman who was a poet. It was interesting to work with her because, you know, with my background being in visual arts, but I found that um, creative expression can be accessed through lots of different outlets. So I was able to kind of give her some guidance in a way that she could use and express in her own way.
1: Cool I wonder see. if Catherine's hearing this because she didn't have much creative things going on, karaoke and whatnot.
3: Catherine's incredibly creative. Catherine's
0: working on a book. And, oh, let's you know, hear about that. Essentially, my father died last year. Um, in remembering his life and thinking about it, so many people referred to him as you know the kind of person that is a character in a book, if not there, if there isn't a whole book written about him. <laughs> I thought about that, and I thought about all of the things that. Um, the little facets of his personality and who he was, and how he touched all these different people. And I just thought about writing a book uh, about him and from the perspective of my children, uh, mainly my daughter, and what it's like to have a grandfather like he was.
2: So. That's awesome. He's quite a character, He's got a lot of yeah. great stories.
0: You guys were on the, on the receiving end of many of his, uh, yeah, yeah, his stories, so. Catherine's father was such a character, uh, a character of incredible character, a lot of integrity, and he spoke like John Wayne. Yes, he did. For, Um, for a Chinese man, that's, uh, that's not a typical combination.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: The swagger, uh, is not often
0: so noticeable (laughs) in, Chinese grandfathers.
1: When you said Chinese, was he from China or from America?
0: His parents were immigrants, and he was one of five children, and he was the only one born here in Milwaukee. He actually was born on the east side. Um, if, any, if people know where Comic Cafe is, it's right next door. My grandparents Ooh. used to the laundry, and he was literally born in the back room of the laundry. The funny part about it is I think that for a lot of his life, people viewed him as an immigrant because of the way he looked. But nobody was more Milwaukee than my dad. He, he loved this town, and he loved all the aspects of it. He knew everybody. Did know. he speak Chinese at all? He did, but terribly, apparently. like And, yeah, and apparently. when we were kids, we didn't know any better. Yeah, right, right. Because he grew up in a, in a time where um, his family wanted him to assimilate as quickly as possible. So uh, while they spoke Chinese at home, he was absolutely encouraged to speak English and to translate into help his family and in all those important ways and so um, it wasn't until I was older and my father and his when he was retired joined a group of other um, Chinese retirees and they would have lunch and talk and Play mahjong and all these other sort of you know Chinese things. The, everybody who was in this group would say things to me like, "We're we're excited that he's he's here now because his Chinese is getting a lot better," and <laughs> we had no idea but he kind of spoke this sort of pidgin Chinese English that we, when my brothers and I were kids, we were delighted to listen to him talk to my aunt or other my uncles on the phone because it would be this very sing-songing Cantonese. Conversation, and then he would just pepper it with words that he didn't know the um, the Chinese for. Now it's great. People who speak a second language, they cultivate that in their children, and they they absolutely want them to be bilingual. But that when when my even my father was a child, and certainly my generation, it just wasn't a thing. My it was a it wasn't a priority
1: in our house right. in that way. We want to learn all about you, Catherine. Especially when we want to learn about do you listen to our podcast.
0: I do. In fact, I, I I do listen to your podcast, and I haven't li- listened have I listen to all your episodes, but I did revisit key ones, mainly Josie and Theo's, and, mm-hmm. today, and um, and your last episode I listened to where you ruined a man's life. So like, uh, yeah. for, the, so the, for the second time,
1: for the yeah, second time. Right. How did I t- treat your children? Did I do a good job?
0: Oh yeah, you guys, yeah. They were um, delightful guests, I thought. And Josie knitted a hat today for said guinea pigs.
1: A now we're, of- we're, we're talking about a season three, episode, I think seven, where we interviewed Jim's kids, Theo and Josephine. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell Josie about- that it looks like you could fit a lot of secret messages in that hat. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She talked about the <laughs> guinea pig spies. and We've had the, uh, Harper on. Now we need to get the guinea pigs on the show. Right.
2: There's Lucy in her guinea pig hat. She's kind of wearing oh, no. it gangsta style. She's got it over one ear.
0: <laughs> There's no the other side. way for guinea pigs to wear hats, Jim. There's only that's one true. way.
2: Well, takes. people don't realize what badasses
0: they
1: are. They're the badasses of the rodent world. Dogs. <laughs> how, how long do they last again? Two, three years? No, What's guinea pigs guinea have pigs surprising too?
0: longevity. I had a guinea pig from fourth grade to junior year of high school. That's pretty, That's pretty long. But especially was, with the perils that fire. you
3: exposed that guinea pig to. I
0: heard about that That story. guinea pig was exposed to many perils. That That's guinea pig crazy. got yeah. trapped in a Barbie Corvette. No adult this is how long ago it was, no adult was home to help us <laughs> with the situation. So I snatched a meat cleaver out of the kitchen and tried to like crack open the Barbie Corvette.
1: Kind of jaws of life.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> but in but all it did was traumatize her even further because You're kidding. Uh, the good, the good people at Mattel had made a fine quality product and it was, not, <laughs> it was not breaking. We took our our guinea pig, my friend that was with me, uh, my, my good friend Kathy, who I'm still friends with to this day. We had the the wherewithal to take it to the next door neighbor and ask what we should do. And a little vegetable oil later and one shaking guinea pig later. And uh, I, I feel all right about telling that story because again,
1: she lived a long, many, many years after. If the <laughs> guinea pig died, you could have told people that it died in a car accident. Uh,
0: I could <laughs> have, true. yes. That's, that's true. true. It's yeah. People would have been puzzled,
1: but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you got a belt, those things like No, no seat belt, yep. Yep. Right through the windshield. Yep. Right. <laughs> As a kid, none of us wore seat belts, right? I'm I'm a little older than you. Did you wear a seat belt? No. I did I did not. No.
0: In fact, we had a station wagon and we my parents mm-hmm. used to most of the time have all the seats down. And we talk about how we used to just roll around like marbles in the back. Seat. Remember
3: when the cars had the automatic seatbelt where you close the door and yeah. it would it would travel on a track? Yeah. My dad used to unhook it because that was annoying to him. Yeah. How about Even behind the automatic back seat? he
1: was not into? Yo, the You're way back? The back seat. Is that flat area? I used to lay up on that flat area behind the back seat. Oh yeah, the oh. window by the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayback.
3: See what yeah. you mean? You mean like where somebody's tiny dog sits nowadays?
2: Or people put their baseball hats. Not not the way back in the in the in the wagon. My buddy had a my buddy Matt had they had a station wagon. We used to go on the way back.
1: My dad was kind of like question? Mitt Romney. I he would put me up in a dog cage on the roof. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mitt Romney
3: puts dogs up on the roof of his car.
1: You don't remember that? No. Back when he was running against Obama, right? Uh, one of the knocks on him is he told a story about how they put the dog in a cage on the roof for a trip. Really?
2: People were like, out. Like, no. What is this, nationally? That was the election right
1: there. You can yeah.
2: definitely People are not. funny about
0: their pets. Yeah. Isn't that me?
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm, interesting. Kids and pets is like the two things you can't really joke about in that way. Like, right. To Chris's point earlier, like, it's not that our parents loved us any less back then. They it did. just was, it was I a different, it was. <laughs> it was a different, <laughs> uh, It was just a different time. Like, you know, you just didn't worry like we worry, like parents in 2020 worry about things.
1: Is that a good thing? Do we worry too much?
0: Yes. Oh, we absolutely worry too much. It's not a good thing. It's not healthy for any of us. It's not healthy for us, and it's definitely not healthy for our children. I think I can say that I see the effects of that almost every day. Um, When children aren't allowed to struggle or explore or be uncomfortable parents want to protect their children from that and i get it i do it too i'm guilty of it too but it is interesting when you see what kind of repercussions that has
2: right so just so our listeners know Catherine is the directress of the toddler program at milwaukee montessori school and also a teacher so and harper's a teacher there too so they work with kids a lot. That's why she's saying she sees it every day. It's not like she's at the right grocery store. I'm like, dad, a kid. Dad. But I
0: do see that every day, too. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I see it in my professional life, and I see it in my private life. It's pretty ubiquitous.
1: My profession doesn't come up too often on this podcast. I'm a helicopter pilot, so I'm a helicopter yeah. dad.
2: <laughs> Hovering over the school.
1: Yeah. I do traffic reports. I do uh, news chopper stuff. Sure. All your helicopter needs.
2: High school football games,
1: that kind of thing. Do you insert
3: yourself into your children's conflicts with their friends?
1: Uh, There really isn't much of that going on. I'm trying to think, when my kids were young, I insisted that they walk to school on their own. Now, Jim's dad actually walked my kids back one day of the week, but I remember pressure from other people saying, you let your kids walk to school when they're four, five, six, seven, and I did, and I didn't worry about it
2: pretty quiet neighborhood and not no busy streets across which is a plus but yeah right. yeah mm-hmm.
1: i haven't inserted myself in any conflicts with their friends because it really hasn't come up i don't know do you guys run into that
2: we're starting to a little bit with josie and it's really not so much a conflict as it is like she is everybody's friend but the, then the friends don't get along with each other sometimes that right. seemed to be her problem this year so so then it was like one friend she's my friend another one she's my friend and then josie's kind of caught in the middle. So. But we didn't we didn't intervene in anything like that. I mean, there's no bullying or something where like feel almost tempted to talk to the parents about like what's going on with this, you know. There's we haven't had any situations like that.
0: But I feel like you guys are great that way. Like a lot of people can't help themselves, like again, to the point of not wanting their child to be uncomfortable or to have any sort of conflict. I think it's a very, very tempting thing for a lot of parents. And I think it's very hard for a lot of parents to walk away from.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they ask people, were you bullied in school? Almost everybody says they were bullied. Do you remember an instance where you bullied somebody yourself? I do.
3: I do. No, no, no. No, you
0: both are very no. fast with that. response. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. So I, it's probably just because I'm a teacher and because it has been like so clearly described to teachers so that you understand like what is bullying, what is not bullying. Bullying has to be something that happens consistently. It has to be one person targets one person and it happens over a long period of time.
2: My answer is no, then. Yeah, so that there's
3: a pattern. <laughs> what Did I do something that was really awful to somebody? Yes. I oh didn't pick God. a target and was like, you, I'm always picking on you. No.
2: Yeah.
3: I got pantsed once at school. But that was just one crummy thing that happened. It wasn't yeah. like that person was always targeting me, picking on me. It was
0: like, let's see how many people we can do this to. And I was one yeah. of them. Don't you think that's also a thing, though, that kids today don't do? Which is like, there was like a weird code like when we were kids that... Unless you're really hurt, either emotionally or physically, you just didn't go to adults for things. When something happened, it might have been upsetting, but not the point where you couldn't handle it. It just was a thing that you kind of processed. And and it was one of the little, many little million things that happen in childhood to like sort of learn boundaries and learn what you'll tolerate and what you won't. And I don't know.
3: yeah. I think you're right, because I do remember, I was just telling Jim today about when I went to play at a friend's house, I was like four or five, and we were upstairs playing, and I'm the youngest in my family by 10 years, so the setup in my house was like, people don't mistreat me, I'm the littlest, (laughs) so then I go to play with this friend, and he did something jerky to me, and I went down and told his mom, and it must have been like, you know, the third time I did that, and she was like, buck up, little camper, that's your battle to figure out. Like you don't like it, tell him, knock it off, or you know bop him back. I had never heard that before, and I think no, no. I think more and more there are there are kids like that who
1: you know are not told like, get back in the ring there's always that advice of. The guy, you know, hit the guy that's hitting you. But when yeah. you're smaller, you're gonna be, it could beat up them, right? In, in the movies, it works out. In real life, maybe not so much. Right. it like
2: hit him, he just gets mad and just pulverizes you instead.
1: Yeah. I want to say the the bait and switch podcast is kind of like your local tavern. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We're going to wrap up the podcast here tonight. Well, last call, it's bait and switch, is it? This isn't probably the end of our conversation, but it's the end of our podcast tonight. I want to thank Catherine. And I want to thank Harper. Right, yeah, thank you for right. having
0: us. We're yeah. we, I'm tickled to finally been able to be a guest. On we did it. Yeah, we did it, let Let's
1: do one thing that we haven't done in a while here, Jim. That's right. Let's clap it out, all right? Kind of count it down. You want to count it down? All right, That's here we go. We, Four thought... of us. Harper knows all right. the, the drill, yeah. right?
2: And she doesn't listen <laughs> to <about> podcasts. That. <laughs>
3: I'll mouth it. You guys do it. We We just got three,
2: two, one, and then... go. And three, three,
1: two, two, one. one. Wait, that didn't work at all. That's the worst countdown I've ever
0: heard in my life.
1: Look at your computer screen. Here we go. Look. Here we go. And three, three, two,
2: two, one. One. Now, yeah, that's too slow now.
0: I thought like I was going too fast, so then I thought I was—I would slow it down. Can't just, think of about- just
2: forget it. I'll get like forget chipmunk it. voices and put it in at the end.
0: Three times a charm. Okay,
2: so you want to do it again?
1: Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go. in Three. three, three
2: two,
1: two. One. one. <laughs> All right. well, that tradition's over with. I, I'm scarred after that. It seems that. like
2: it. It doesn't <laughs> seem like this. Yeah, is- you didn't do it with Prince Tarlova. We said, we said we haven't done this for a long time. That's why yeah. that's what we led into this with. We haven't done this for a while. Yeah. Now we're right, not gonna right. do it anymore. Thanks a lot.
0: Correct. Maybe you argue we need a different, more scintillating thought. To your point. Well let's, no, let's
2: clap well, it up. This
0: has had enough. Let's
2: clap. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast with musician Richie Conway. As a preview to Richie's episode. Here's The Daily Grind, a song from his album, A Sea of Hooks.